Hello everyone, you are listening to the SNC podcast, a show helping you better understand the intriguing world of music, arts and entertainment through insightful discussions with African artists, creatives, executives and entrepreneurs. I am your host Fola Shadi Anosie. Recently, I spoke to Lola Shonei about bookstores, publishing and community libraries. However, we couldn't fit everything into one episode. So here's a quick bonus for my conversation with her on family, writing styles and workshops. I hope you enjoy it. It was just part of my life to the point where I didn't, I mean, to the extent that I didn't think it was um, anything special to love books and to read voraciously. And I think also my parents, um, they saw very early that I was a bookworm and I remember when I was um I think I was in form two in Abadina College I was my mum um decided that we were going to England um we were going to buy clothes actually we were going shopping and um my brother had a girlfriend then who was turning 21 and she'd been very specific about what she wanted to wear for her birthday party so we went around the whole of London <laughs> Selfridges to Harrods to everywhere looking for this exact dress um, which was like a kind of like a a gown that that had a bow at the back she was very specific and I was so bored you know and I remember we were wor- uh, we were walking past I think it I'm not sure if it was Waterstones or Foils in England at the time and um, they were just, I just saw the bookstore and my mom looked at me and said, do you want to go in? And I said, yes. And she said, okay, I'll sit here and sort out the shopping I've got. You go and just choose whatever books you want. Man, I went to town. I think I must have bought, I must have picked out. I was just picking out everything I wanted. So from Secret Seven to William Series to Enid Blyton to Roald Dahl to, you know, anything and everything. I, I picked them out and I had this massive pile of books. And by the time I went back to look at the actual pile, I was so sure that my mom would say, are you okay, my friend? divided into six and take you know but you know what she just said is this what you want and I said yeah this is what I want and she's paid for everything and we left with a massive suitcase full of just books that's what I brought to Nigeria so even my underwear or whatever else she bought for me was in her luggage so they they fed that um they nurtured that love of books my dad nothing would make him happier than taking me to Odushote and just letting me run wild in Ibadan in the bookstore, just choosing whatever books that, that I wanted. I always say that it's very interesting how people think that having a child is just wearing cute clothes, but having a child is a huge responsibility. Like you said, your parents nurture that interest that you have. Every child doesn't have that experience. Some people just kill that joy and that dream. So it's just lovely to hear, to hear, hear you share that perspective. And I have tried to do the same with my children and Trust me when I say it hasn't been like a hundred percent in terms of my pass mark. You know, some of my kids read a lot. My first two, um, I don't know if it's that I got lazy um, when I was bringing up the younger two, but the number three is even writing now. She's writing children's books, um, which we're all very happy to see and illustrating them herself. So she has read a lot. She loves to do research and everything. Um, never had any formal art training, but it's quite talented but my youngest I've very rarely seen him pick up a book which is to say it's definitely not hereditary (laughs) (laughs) 
you still have to put in the work yeah. and make an effort as a parent. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. Now, looking back on your love of books, was it that love that made you say, I want to start writing poetry? And I ask that because, you know, some people, they love books and automatically they know that they want to just write novels. But you started with poetry. Am I right? Or was it, was it the other In way? In terms of published work, you are absolutely right. When I started my career as a writer, it was poems that I started with. I published two books of poems. My first um, collection of poems was published in 1997. And I loved poetry. Um, and that's because of my diet. I was consuming um, copious amounts of poems by African-American writers, especially the women writers from, you know, and, and um, of course, drama. So um, plays into Sakeshange, Alice Walker, I mean, just name it. I was just, I loved their voices. And I just thought there was so much power in the way that they, they wrote about their blackness. But it's not quite that I set out to, it's not quite the case that I set out to be a novelist or a poet. I'll be honest with you, I thought writing was what most people did. I thought it was just a natural instinct. And for me, going to school again, when I think back to being in Edinburgh, um, every year when they had they published the school magazine, they would ask every single student to contribute something. So in the end, they would pick what they wanted and discard the rest. So, you know, sometimes my work, in fact, my work rarely got picked. Um, but because I was reading so much... I think if you're creative, um, you start kind of trying out your hand at, at different sorts of writing. So when I was about 12, 13, I was constantly starting novels that would only write about seven pages and then start all over again. And my female characters were called Danielle and Michelle. And, <laughs> you know, I was basically regurgitating a lot of the stuff that I was consuming um, at the time. Um, which is perfectly understandable. I suppose that's what the process is like. And there was a lot of projection of, you know, the kind of the thinking and the lives and the, you know, of perhaps Western characters that I'd read in books. I was projecting their behavior and their thinking on my Nigerian characters. And it always seemed quite jarring to me. The books that I was that I was writing um, would often also feature very middle class individuals or very rich um which i couldn't say exactly mirrored my own life so if anything it was very much um like aspirational writing what i dreamt that my my life would kind of become but it wasn't it was so it was just something that i did i would draw as well so i still have you know when i see my kids drawing and painting today I know exactly where they got it because I would constantly you know draw my friends and paint even though I had no formal um, artistic training um, but the poetry came in when I was in university I studied African-American literature and then of course creative writing my creative writing class which is part of my course we had to put together a portfolio of poems and my lecturers would say you know you've really got something here this is really interesting you should write more and when I moved to when I finished uni and I moved to Ibadan I was lucky because 
um, Mrs. Mabel Shego, the famous author, and in particular the author of My Father's Daughter, which I had read in Form 2, lived not far from my house. And I started kind of just trying to find out where I could attend, like, meetings or, you know, where I, how I could associate with with writers and I realized that she was hosting a lot of association of Nigerian author like monthly meets so I would always attend those and read my work or read the work of other people and I guess that's where I was properly bitten by the bug. I felt that I found poetry to be a really kind of wonderful means of of expressing myself so it just seemed the natural thing to do when I um, entered my first collection in 1997 for the the Association of Nigerian Authors Poetry Prize. And then my work was shortlisted, but I was 23 years old and the other people were probably nothing less than 15 years older than me. And that was like a real boost just in terms of knowing and and having an idea of what I could achieve and how my voice resonated with readers. So I was really um, greatly encouraged. And the, the next step, of course, was then to publish a collection. Thank you for sharing that. And in terms of moving to short stories and novels, was that not, I wouldn't say it's, it's a transition because it's still part of your creative writing process and it's still part of who you are as a writer. But is, would you say one's easier than the other or it, there are different skills you have to bring in writing poems than writing short stories and or writing novels? So writing um, short stories was part of, you know, it's all part of what I was doing at the time. I was really trying my hand everything. I even have plays that I've written but I've never seen the light of day and I'll probably keep it that way. But, you know, I had, um, I remember my my collection of short stories again was shortlisted for the um, Anna uh, Prose Prize and I think this was, this might have been 98 or 99. So again, it was like, wow, you mean the, those stories are that good? And, you know, the comments that I got was just how different um, my stories were. I didn't really, you know, going from form to form in terms of creative, how I express myself creatively, um, just wasn't an issue for me. All I know is that I loved poetry. Poetry was my first love. I found that it was really good for me for escaping and being able to express myself and capture my thoughts in like a really concise manner. And I also felt like it was always a bit of a jigsaw, like a conversation between myself and the reader. So I'd hidden certain things in the poem and they would kind of find it. And that's the relationship that I thought I had with my readers. But in terms of how that journey started, yes, I kind of started with poetry, but there was no real transition. It was just what I did. And that's because I studied literature. So I was exposed to all the different forms and I really wanted to try my, you know, try them all. I enjoyed them all. It's always great to get the different perspectives from different authors because, you know, some authors say like writing poetry is something that they struggle with so much. And then you have people who say, oh, just writing novels and short stories come, you know, you think my, my point is just thank you for sharing that. That's OK. And for me, as I've kind of grown older and um, 
and now of course have you know many more responsibilities time is a problem and to write a novel and for me even short stories I need to have you know time to really focus on my work and in many times I've had to kind of ask myself do I enjoy promoting the work of other people or do I enjoy kind of investing that time in my own work and because it often takes me such a long time to get into my stories and kind of be really motivated to continue and to focus and and produce something I would take the easy route which was to kind of do things that meant I was promoting and kind of reading and talking about the work of other people okay that's that's very insightful now as a writer can you please share your thoughts on the benefits or importance of writers workshops how do they help writers grow I'm probably not the best person to ask that question because I've only ever been to one two-day workshop in 1995. It was a poetry workshop for women's writers and the resource persons at the time. Um, we had Mabel Shegon and um, we had um, Niyo Shunari. And I think he kind of sealed the love of poetry for me because I loved his work and I loved the way that he talked about even my own work in the workshop and I found it really encouraging and but the truth is the time that he invested during that workshop you know talking to us for an hour or two and then getting us to go away write work write something and then bring it back at the end of the day um, that's an exercise I could probably have had or experienced within a completely different context if he was I do that with people all the time I mean they bring a work we talk about it they go back they do it so I don't know if it took being part of a workshop to gain that experience but I loved it and it was great right now I have never been to a a workshop where I have been taught to write prose for instance so I mean, and still, Babasegi is my third novel. I wrote one called Fertility Nails. I wrote Harlot. I wrote Babasegi without ever attending a writer's workshop. And I've taught at, for instance, I've, I've taught at the Purple Hibiscus workshop. So, but I guess, the tr- let me tell you what I think it is for me. I've spent most of my adult life being a teacher, a school teacher, teaching literature, teaching drama, teaching media in schools. And I think... When you are teaching students how to analyze and you're talking about books with students as a way of preparing them for tests or for exams, there's a lot that you learn. So if I'm sitting with a, with my students in class and we are reading, you know, a poem by Seamus Heaney, for instance, and we are analysing it line by line and I'm teaching them about, um, you know, the different poetic devices. It's really quite helpful when you're writing your own poems. So you're kind of, in a way, working from the answer. Um, that That's kind of how one thinks. So I guess in a way, perhaps it was in those in the years that I was, uh, during the years that I was a teacher or in the course of my training or in the course of actually teaching in the UK and in Nigeria, that I kind of mastered some of the elements of, of writing. And of course, don't forget with, um, with writing, for instance, we used to tell our students in the UK that it was possible to get an A with just one page. 
Whereas some people think you have to write two and a half pages or three pages. It's not about length. Sometimes it's about quality. Those are lessons that I was also imbibing as I was teaching others how to write. So I think my training has helped me. My love of the masters. So I'm a huge fan of of Toni Morrison. Massive fan of Margaret Atwood. Huge, huge fan of Isabel Allende. Those were my teachers. Those were the, the writers that taught me to write prose. That's what I would yeah, say. Yeah, that's very insightful. And just to kind of go back to your comments about how you don't have to write two pages to get an A, I don't think, I don't think they, they believe that Nigeria. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not, but, you know, that was part of... No, 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 but no. then to be able to write one page and get an A star, it means that that piece of work has flair. It means that that piece of work has everything that it's supposed to have. You know, it's like a lot of people don't know that writing one sentence paragraphs, short, you know, even one word paragraphs could be, you know, an incredible writing device. You know, when you're trying to produce a particular piece and you're trying to illustrate movement or shock or anything like that. So... You know, but but the point I'm trying to make is that I haven't attended Mm -hmm. a lot of formal writing workshops. I can see how they would be beneficial to people who perhaps haven't had the privilege of teaching and, you know, and reading the sort of people that I, the sort of writers that I have had access to. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a few minutes to rate us on your favorite podcast platform. It helps the podcast get discovered by more people. Thank you so much. This episode is produced, edited, and mixed by Fola Shade Anosi. The show is powered by Nonconform Productions, and our theme song is by John Akinola. You can check out the podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the SNC Podcast. Thank you for listening. <laughs>